In my mind, five years from now, just about everyone is going to have an audio component in their corporate communication strategy. Welcome to our weekly show, Brands That Podcast, where we focus on one thing only, showing you behind the scenes of how some of the best brands in the world are using podcasting to grow. Before we dive into today's episode with JP Gooderham, the founder of Storyboard, on how companies can use internal private podcasts with their teams, I wanted to give a quick heads up that this episode was actually recorded prior to our rebrand from Be My Guest to Lemon Pie. So you might hear us say Be My Guest a few times throughout the episode. And so just wanted to clear up any possible confusion there. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this episode. So please enjoy this interview with JP. JP, welcome to the show, man. And thanks so much for being here. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Huge fans of your team and and what you guys do and, and excited to talk a little bit about what we're doing on the storyboard side today. Sweet. Yeah, I honestly think what you're working on with storyboard and internal podcasting is just getting started. You're at the leading edge of it. I think a lot of companies are going to benefit from this in the future. So really want to dig in here specifically for brands on how they can optimize this platform for their teams. So yeah, let's let's kind of dive in. Maybe start by giving a quick overview of what Storyboard is and why you started it. Yeah, yeah, I, I would love to start there. And, and you know, as you mentioned, I think brands in the last few years have done an excellent job at, at creating podcasts, especially for external audiences to tell their stories. But I, I think one thing that always shocked me, I, I worked at a big tech company for over six years. And you get on a day-to-day basis, I'm sure anyone who has worked at a, a big company or for an organization knows this, you get so many long emails and requests to be on conference calls and, and all these things that can be really disruptive to your day where you have to set aside what you're doing and focus on something else. And often, I think that can really limit engagement, whether you're trying to train your team, develop your team, build a culture, whatever the case may be. And to me, that presented such a compelling use case for podcasting and audio. Because you know, you know this, you're a podcast guy. The ability to just get in my car and, and, and listen to something right away on the consumer side is so powerful. And I, honestly, I found it really shocking that there weren't any, or at least there weren't many good solutions for companies and organizations who say, look, we want to build something and, and tell our story, but we want to do it only for employees of the company. So when I talk about internal podcasts, that's what I'm referring to. The idea of being able to create a secure and protected podcast that is available only to that exclusive group. So then just to close things out, I mean, that really was the catalyst for building Storyboard. We've now, we came out of beta in January 2019. So we're about nine months in now. And we have a platform. So we have an app on Android, on iPhone, and then also through our website, where companies can come to us and say, you know, we want to host an internal podcast. And we have a, a both a security framework and a platform that doesn't just let them host that podcast, but also provides all the enterprise tools that they want, like being able to see who's listening and for how long. So yeah, very much agree with you. I think that we are at very early days, but I've been really enthusiastic about the response that we've had and seeing all the unique ways the companies are using podcasts. Yeah, and this is definitely something I want to touch on because to your point, I think a lot of brands and companies may not have even thought or considered audio as a means to communicate with their teams yet. I'm wondering like, why that has been historically, like, has it been the tech side is not there yet? Or 
teams and, and organizations are not thinking of telling their internal story as important as their external story? I think it's a little of both. Now, I will say, and I'm somewhat biased as, as somebody who helps manage a platform on the technology side, I do think the lack of technology was a huge problem for being able to do this. Many of our most successful clients who have come to us and, and have great content strategies, great podcast strategies, some of them have been doing this. I'll just give an example. We were talking to a bank. They've actually had an internal podcast for like three years. But the way a lot of these companies will do it is they'll put it up on their intranet or they'll send out MP3s over email and they might have killer content. But at the end of the day, I mean, it just isn't a podcasting experience to me unless you can put it in someone's pocket and they can stream it while they're driving into work or taking the train or jumping on a flight. And that's where we come in. So to your point, I, I think the lack of a, a great technology partner has really limited the ability of a lot of companies to justify investing in this. With that being said, I think the second major prong is absolutely content. And it's interesting because a lot of our, especially even nine months ago, which doesn't feel that long ago, but it does feel like a lot more companies have reached out to us and expressed interest since then. In our early days, we, we often kind of had to get lucky where we might have somebody at a company who is a podcaster on the side and they're like, okay, I totally see the value of this. And I want to bring this to my company and I want to be the guy to run it. But, you know, that's not a very scalable way to get this into every company, you know, in the world or in America or whatever you want to say. And so I think the, the thing that's been exciting to me is that we've seen increasingly um, like content teams, education teams who, who manage educational resources for a company who might have zero podcasting experience start to reach out to us and say, you know, hey, this is something we want to be interested in. But I, I think for that reason, for them to really create this content in a good way, I mean, we always try to push people to talk to, you know, experts to go out and work with somebody who understands the production side. So that we're building something that's really good. Yeah. And I know, like, specifically, in thinking about the difference between, you know, a normal public facing consumer side show, you know, to build brand externally, versus this internal show and internal podcast for just your team. One of the main things I'm seeing is the privacy consideration and like the security around that. How is that actually facilitated? And, and some of the metrics like tied behind that, I guess, you know, on the admin side of facilitating these podcasts, like, can you talk a little bit about that process? Absolutely. And I, I think that when we talk about the technology limitations there were before, I think this is a huge part of it because most, if not all companies need to keep their data secure. And the idea of, and I, I think for them, it, it probably was a little bit scary thinking for the first time about, okay, we're going to actually record material about the inner workings of our organization and put it out for distribution. And for that reason, I mean, you, you couldn't just go and upload that to choose a podcast host of, of your choosing and put it out on an Apple podcast. It would be, it would make the content so vanilla that it wouldn't be helpful to people or it wouldn't be engaging, or you're, you're ultimately going to expose things you don't want to expose. So I, I can talk specifically about what Storyboard does with this. We have two security frameworks that we use in case anyone's listening to this and they're like, hey, this is something I'm interested in. One of them, which we often use for our smaller organizations, is, is really pretty simple but effective. We create a whitelist of all the users who should have access to your podcast. They would then come to Storyboard, download our app, either in iPhone, on Android, or they would come to our website, and they receive a six-digit OTP code that verifies that they are the one who is invited. 
And from that point forward, that person is a credentialed user who has access to the Be My Guest podcast. Now, let's say I'm that employee and that, you know, six months from now I leave and you want to make sure that only your active employees have access to the podcast. We have a solution for that because you can very easily go in and, and remove that user. It revokes their access and therefore you only have your active employees who have access to this podcast on an ongoing basis. I do want to name check one other thing, though, because I think it's really critical. As we start to talk to bigger and larger organizations, often either from a security standpoint or just from ease of use, they want to use what's called single sign-on, where we'll actually integrate with their internal system so that if somebody wants to sign in with their Be My Guest password, we can do that. And what's really nice about that is it, it removes a lot of the friction and it just becomes as simple as somebody downloading the app for the first time and signing on. And from that point forward, it really is made to act like a normal podcast app. I'm just sitting here thinking like what I love about podcast industry right now and like what is happening with it is smart people like you are building tools for people to capitalize on it in a way that's actually easy to facilitate and that has a flywheel effect. So let's say organization, few hundred employees, maybe a few thousand employees, they're thinking about doing this. This sounds appealing, an internal podcast. What is the outcome that they are looking for or that would be presented at, let's say, the 12-month mark of having done an internal podcast? I mean, you know, there's a lot of things to consider when creating the content, putting a team together to do it, to execute it and distribute it on an ongoing basis. So like with that investment of time and money and energy, what is the outcome that you're seeing in the best case or even just you know normal case scenarios with people on your platform? So I'm gonna highlight three deliverables that I like to see our clients get to. Like if you came to me today, Eric, and said, we wanna do a Be My Guest internal podcast, I think there are three things that I would want you to walk away with in 12 months. The first one is engagement. And that's what I talk a lot about is engagement, engagement, engagement. And the reason I say that, and I mentioned this before, is that so many corporate communications today are inherently disruptive. So if I'm doing something and I'm doing good work, but I have to step out to take a conference call, every single person who's ever been on a conference call knows that that can present a real challenge. It can really take you away from talking to a client or you know finishing that email or, or whatever it is. So the first thing I, I talk about is that because we can actually take your communications and make them mobile, make them accessible. The first thing that I want to see is, are we getting deeper penetration? Are we getting deeper engagement compared to uh, existing ways that you were communicating before? And this has been an area where we've seen a lot of early success stories, where we receive a lot of positive feedback from even just listeners saying, we really enjoy being able to do this. The second one, and this is related, is that if I sent out a, you know, what would be like a two-page email today to my entire team, I have no clue, Eric, how many of those people reached the end of the email. And, you know, I want to say that, that people write great emails, but the world is a big place. And, you know, there's a lot of demands for attention. The second one that I want to highlight is measurement and reporting, uh, which with a platform like Storyboard, we can actually tell you not just for each episode, but even for each listener, how long are they listening? Are they engaging? They can submit questions and feedback on each of those episodes. I think the second big metric that we look at is, are we building good measurement tools so that, you know, I'll put it this way, because what you said before is exactly on point. I, I really believe that we are at the beginning of this. And again, I'm very biased, but in my mind, five years from now, just about everyone is going to have an audio component. 
in their corporate communication strategy. If that is the case, I want Storyboard to, to help give pioneering people at these companies the tools to be able to sell the investment. A big part of that is I want them to have the tools so that they can get to the end of the quarter and they can say, hey, Eric, you posted 20 podcasts this quarter. We saw that for uh, 16 of those podcasts, over 70% of the organization listened to at least half of the podcast. We actually had 35% listen to the entire thing. So the second component I would add is, is that metrics piece. And then a third part, and this is a little soft, but this is kind of my my dreamer thing is like, if I see a company that's really succeeding with this, the way that I know more than anything is, are they expanding their vision around podcasting? Many of the companies that come to us when I, I do, so we'll do, um, we always start with kind of a demo call and I ask, okay, what are you looking to do with private podcasting? And many of them have a similar use case, which is like, we want to have our, our CEO or the C-suite executives do a monthly or a weekly check-in. And I'm like, great. I think it's a great use for podcasting. But the ones who I know who are doing it really effectively and where I know podcasting is successful are the ones who come back and say, okay, now we want to actually do another one just for marketing, or we want to do another one just for sales, where now they're almost creating their own mini ecosystem of podcasts. And I bring that up because Storyboard, we're, we're building a feature called Channels where you can actually create subsets of your users and you can, in a more granular way, send out podcasts not only to the entire team, but just to the sales team. But when I see someone who's expanding their podcast vision and building out these new shows, that to me, I'm like, that is a success story. 100%. And actually, let's take that example and kind of run with that. For a sales or like marketing department at one of these organizations, like what is it? Could we talk about like an actual use case or example that they'd be using this for just to visualize it? Sure, absolutely. And and I, I think there's a few. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been now that we're about nine months in, it is kind of shocking some of the use cases that people come up with for podcasting. We work with everyone from trucking companies to funeral services. I mean, people have very creative uses for podcasts. With that being said, I think there's a few themes that we see pretty consistently. I'm just going to choose sales because this is one of our most common ones. And I think it's, a, it's, it's such a no-brainer. So to give you an example, why would a sales team come and look at podcasting? Let's start there. For a lot of sales teams who especially have people on the field, so I'll use pharmaceutical sales as an example. We work with a few pharmaceutical companies. Their reps are in the field talking to doctors on a day-to-day -day basis. They're driving around town, they're going to different doctor's offices, and they're talking about a different pharmaceuticals. That means that they're actually likely in the car for over a thousand hours a year. And while they're in the car, they're listening to the radio, they're listening to their, their iPhone, whatever the case may be, right? All of that is lost time that could be used for training and learning and, and keeping people updated. And those trainings are still going to get done, but they're going to get done when that pharmaceutical sales rep gets home. So again, this gets back to the whole disruptive thing. So a podcast comes into play here as the client comes to us and says, look, we want to do a private podcast and I'll, I'll just lay out all the details. So they would come and say, okay, we have 800 salespeople. They're spread across America. What do we do? And so we do our integration. We invite all those people to use the app. They download it. And then we get to phase two, which is actually that pharmaceutical company building out the content. So for a lot of them, they'll start with kind of just doing maybe a weekly update where they're talking about new updates for their product or new train, key training things to be aware of. What I really like, though, is you'll see a number of these companies start to harness podcasts in more interesting ways. One of the things that I think is really quite neat is when companies, it's not just talking to you, it's talking with you. And what I mean is, 
we see a lot of our companies who succeed with this start to interview like top salespeople. So maybe in addition to training, you're doing more of a culture-driven thing where you're saying, okay, um, Debbie is a phenomenal sales rep. Let's do 30 minutes where we interview her about what makes her successful on a day-to-day basis. And what's kind of neat is that when you do that, then Debbie kind of goes to her team and says, hey, everyone, like I'm on this podcast, you know, go, go take a look. And it, it works a lot like when we're publicizing our own podcast out in kind of the normal consumer world. It helps create, you know, deeper and deeper relationships to the content. And I love that because it makes it relatable. Yes, the top down kind of team updates, you know, coming from the CEO or top level management, crucial, important, valuable. But I agree. I really see like the future of this is integrating more of the actual team into the content itself because the company's mission and vision and what they're looking to do is made up of people on the team. And so like there are stories and examples of people and situations that I think would be really interesting to tell on these shows. But one question I had, and that this actually brought up, you know, when you were describing the thousand hours in the car for the sales reps, do you ever get any pushback from the user standpoint or from, you know, your point of contact who is facilitating this and saying, hey, actually our team, they may push back a little bit on getting quote unquote, like training during their own time? How do you handle that or think about that? Yeah, that's a great question. So we haven't seen a ton of feedback in that area, but it's definitely something we think through is as far as our deployment strategy, the way that we try to position it, you know, I always talk about how for us to have a successful launch. So we're doing a couple launches this week. What I always tell a company before they launch, and when I say launch, what happens is we send out the email, you know, you've been invited to use Storyboard, here's how you download the app. But before we do that, I think positioning is, is really important. And it's like anything else in a, a corporate workplace or for a big organization. I mean, this can be anyone. It can be a nonprofit. It can be a company. I think this role stays the same. You have to be delivering something of value, right? So if it's, if it's something where it's just another thing that's a demand for someone's attention, I don't know that we're creating the new and exciting method of communication that I was hoping. I think the way that I I try to kind of coach our clients to position it is to talk about how this is going to be something that either can transition something that would have taken away your time before, because time is so valuable to every single person. You know, this is a new way for you to use your time more effectively. So for instance, for the sales use case, maybe before you had to do this when you got home or you got back to the office. Now it's something that you can take care of on your flight. That's compelling. Uh, another example, though, is if it's something that supplements what you're already doing, is it a way for us to, to provide training that, you know, I'll give you another example. We hear a lot as a positive that a lot of like live events at, at, at work. So town halls are a great example. So to go to a town hall, typically you physically have to be there. Some companies will, will take video of them and post that afterward. Many do not. But regardless, again, this gets back to the thing that I have to be away from my desk to be able to attend that event. So we love it when we can take a podcast and now it's actually something that while it is you listening on your own time, maybe you really did want to listen to it, but you just had a meeting happening at the time. So we try to coach our clients to really position the podcast as being something that's complimentary, that gives people a chance to actually be in the driver's seat. And so far that story has worked out pretty well, but it's certainly something I think that both as a podcast platform and for our creators that we need to be cognizant of. For sure. And actually even like thinking about this too from a bigger picture, which is like every company should be doing this to some degree. 
and that could be internal, that could be external, could be a combination thereof. But are there any companies or organizations that you're seeing that are actually getting the most ROI out of this because of their makeup of whether the team is remotely located or like any other factors like size of team? Are there any sweet spots for this to almost be a no-brainer? That is an awesome question. And I think there's three that really stand out to me that when I see them come through our website. And so for anyone, you know, our process always starts with somebody comes to trystoryboard.com. They say, hey, I'm a company of 500 people. And then we'll set up a demo call with them. And I'll give you the three examples that when I'm on a demo call, I feel like nine times out of 10, we're going to see them become a storyboard client. Because I'm like, this is just so compelling for them. One, which I won't talk about more, is, is sales. But again, the idea there is that these tend to be really um, distributed teams that, that want to be out in the field. So the value prop there is, let's give people content while they're traveling, while they're going and talking to clients. A second one that's similar is, is really any uh, remote or distributed workforce. And uh, the best example I would give is consulting. So consulting firms, and we have a number of consulting groups that, that use us, it's a, it's a knowledge-heavy, a knowledge-intensive industry, but it's also one where on a Monday, you're not going to see a lot of your employees at the office. They're going to be out visiting clients and, and on the road. And so I think for any business that, that really exists that way, training is really challenging. And so when I talk about podcasting, it's this idea of, I keep going back to it, but putting the listener in the driver's seat letting them choose when they want to consume the content. And I see that as such a, a key value when it comes to podcasts and audio generally. And then the third one, and this I think applies is, is a little bit broader, but like we've started to see a bit of an influx of like government agencies, even some, some large nonprofits come in where, you know, the nature of their work is that, I'll just give you an example. Let's say I'm an agency in Florida and I might have people in every city of Florida, basically, but there isn't like a one central office type situation, but I, I need to keep my people trained. I want to do staff development. That to me is another really compelling use case. So you'll see there's a big theme there, which is that I think for any company where you have a distributed workforce, I think that is like such a, just to be frank, like I think it's a really no brainer use case for podcasts. But I, I think even if you are, I mean, if you're listening to this right now or you're talking to a client and they have one major corporate office, that doesn't mean podcasts aren't a great solution. I just think that the ROI is so high when you have those distributed teams. Yeah, it's perfect because I actually worked at a government agency before starting Be My Guest. And there's about a thousand employees and 50% of our time was spent on the road. And that's actually how I got into podcasts in 2011 in the first place because I was driving every week like eight, 10 hours and I just needed something. Like at, at three months on the job, I was like, I can't listen to music anymore. I need to find something. I've heard of this podcast thing. Let me plug in the word startups in iTunes and see what happens. And the rest is history. I've been listening like to thousands and thousands ever since. But actually just thinking back to that, there was so much training and different stuff we had to do that could have easily been incorporated into an actual podcast that I think that that's a no brainer. So yeah, that makes a ton of sense. We get so many, like my favorite call is when I talk to someone and they're like, I am a podcaster. I want this. I just need a good technical solution. And I'm like, okay, game on. I, I think we can deliver that. But we have a number who they may have never even heard a podcast before, but they're like the head of education uh, or head of training for a company. And they're like, I was talking to my people and they said exactly what you said, that they're listening to podcasts while they drive. Why don't we do this? 
And, and that's a big impetus, I think, for for the, a lot of these clients actually getting started. Yeah. And so as we kind of wrap up here, do you think that there's any other considerations that companies should be thinking about with this? Pros, cons, anything we didn't really touch on here to make this ultimately the most successful? Like, I agree with you that I think every company should be doing this, but maybe there's other factors where like now is literally not the right time for them for some reason. Like, is there anything else that you think is important to consider here when starting an internal show? Yeah, I have a few. You kind of got me on the edge of my seat there because now that we're, I think we have like 200 organizations who are using this and the amount of like knowledge that I have, it's actually like fascinating how little I knew at the beginning. Like even as somebody who's done podcasts, just learning about the corporate use case and like how things work at different companies who I haven't worked for before. You know, just companies have so many different cultures and, and different things. I have a couple pieces of advice or food for thought, whatever you want to call it. The first thing I would say is it is totally acceptable and maybe preferable to start small. Trust me, I, I love it when we talk to a client and they're like, look, we have 10,000 seats. We want to go for, you know, kind of the whole thing right now. But I'll say that a lot of companies that I've worked with who have been really successful are ones who are willing to start with a team of 50 to 100 and really build out from there. And you know this as somebody who who really knows podcasting, but it takes time to to kind of create your infrastructure, whether that's having the right equipment or having the right producer or whatever it is. And I think when people kind of do that soft launch approach, uh, it's great because from a technical standpoint, if I have a client come back to me and say, okay, we worked with 100, now we want to do 1,000, that for me is pretty simple from a technical standpoint. But from a content standpoint, being ready to do something that's really good is just so important. So I would say that's number one. I would say, you know, it is totally cool to, to start small and build your way up as you go. I think a second part of it is to always be thinking about something from the listener's shoes. I would say the only use case that I'm not as much excited about, although I'm, I, I'm not ruling it out yet, I, I think we're still early days with this, is that we do have some clients who come to us, and, and this is usually the feedback that I give them, where they say, okay, we've been recording this, these videos for years. We're just going to take the audio from those and just kind of put them on storyboard. And first of all, you, you get these episodes that are like an hour and a half long or whatever, and I'm already like, okay, no, one, no one's going to make it to the end of this but also it just isn't tailored. And so I think the the second lesson is trying to build content that your audience is going to listen to, that you would listen to, however you, you want to think about that. I, I think it's really important. And then third, and I really recommend this, talk to someone who, and I, I always say this as part of my new client onboarding, if, if you have a content team and you have a studio built out and you're ready to roll, that is awesome. But if you're new to this, We've all been new to podcasting. Anyone who's actually ended up, you know, going and posting something that makes it onto Apple or Spotify or whatever, go talk to someone who's who's been there. And I think there's just such great production partners who have a great sense not just of the technology, but of storytelling and, and what really works and how you can avoid making bad radio. So those would be my big three. You know, really be willing to start small, think about things in the listener's shoes. And if you don't know something, you can recognize that and work with someone who does. And it's going to make your content so much better. And it's going to make the overall effort uh, so much more worth the investment. Awesome. 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 Awesome, man. Yeah, love that advice. You know, it's so cool that we connected a few months back. I can't remember exactly when. It might have even been like six months ago as you were getting things going and just chatting about this and then meeting in person at Podcast Movement a few weeks ago. Just watching what you're doing, watching this industry as a whole, connecting with people like you who are building cool things in it is just 
honestly, it's, it's the best. Like I love podcasting just from a, a personal standpoint, but I think there's so many different cool use cases, like what you're, you're putting forward in the world with storyboard, you know, watching your growth is, is going to be awesome, man. So really, really, really appreciate you coming on the show, sharing some knowledge here. Super excited to continue following your story. Bad joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, if people want to keep up with you and, and what you guys are doing or, or chat with you, where's a good place to connect to do that? Yeah, I'll, I'll make a couple plugs here. But our, our website is trystoryboard.com. And if you want to talk to us, even if you just want to uh, reach out, we have a contact form. You can request a demo. Make sure to do that. I pretty much answer all of our kind of new client onboarding questions. So you'll you'll probably be talking to me the other thing for anyone on Twitter, we're on Twitter at TriStoryboard. We post a lot about our updates. I mean, I'm just going to level with you. I think one of the things that that we do pretty effectively is that, you know, we listen to our clients' feedback. And and you just, first of all, Eric, thank you for your feedback. That was, that was really great to hear. But, you know, as you work with people like yourself, they come to us and they say, you know what, I'm working with this client and they're like in, but they have this one specific thing that they need. And, you know, while I can't say that we're able to build everything under the sun, when we're hearing those requests with some frequency, it really motivates us. And I think that we're, you know, a, a pretty scrappy team. And as a result of that, we end up developing our product pretty quickly. So I mentioned that because we post a lot on Twitter about new features that are coming out, showing you screenshots of the product. So it's a great place to engage with us or shoot us a DM. But we'd love to talk to you. We're extremely excited about this space. And, and Eric, thank you so much for your time. It was great just being on here and hearing your perspective and having a chance to talk about the uh, the story with storyboard. I have definitely used that pun before. <laughs> Had to. Yeah, man. Early days. Awesome. Awesome goodness coming, coming in the future. And uh, yeah, thanks again, JP. Really appreciate it. All right. I hope you all enjoyed that episode with JP. We really think that this area of internal podcasting is going to be something that more and more companies become privy to simply due to all the use cases. There's so many different use cases for this, whether it's training or onboarding or simply just updates from leadership on what's going on and where the company's heading so that everyone can feel a part of it in a way that is tough to express through email or through video training where people have to sit there, you know, chained to their desk for four hours watching you know, frankly, a boring training video. And why this works so well for internal podcasting is because it is that passive consumption that JP was talking about, where people can consume it on the go and feel like they are able to do other things, whether just driving or walking the dog or things like that, and also stay up to date on what's going on in the company. So we really think that this problem of attracting and retaining top talent is going to define the next decade. And this tool, internal podcasting, is going to be one of the best ways to do that. So I hope you all really enjoyed it. Feel free to shoot me a note. Let me know what you think. Eric, E-R-I-K, at lemonpie.fm. You can also find us on all the social channels. But hope everyone's having a great day. And I'll catch you on the next episode.